285. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. I'm Keith. And I'm Jasmine. Jasmine. So our friend Jasmine Holmes is here in Atlanta uh, with us. So me, Keith, and Jasmine are sitting at my dining room uh, table yep, yep. at the crib. And so, yep. yeah, Jasmine, we're glad to have you. So Jasmine's rocked with us really since early. Yeah, since the beginning. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, we are getting ready to dive in. But with this being <laughs> the first one of the start of a week, and Jasmine's going to be with us for the next yeah. uh, few days here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of want to hear from you. What, what was it that drew you in? And yeah, why did you, how did this like, yeah, catch your ear? And this is not like, you know, tell me and Keith how great we are, but what was it about the yeah. concept of it <laughs> yeah. that yeah, it caused you to say? I, um, so I've been a Christian for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I came to Christ when I was seven and wow. I've always been looking for that like, you know, some people come and it's not really real and then right. they come again. And I, n- that was just when it happened. Right. Um, and, but I've never read the whole Bible in a year. Um. I've read like parts. I think I've read all parts of the Bible, but I've never made it through the year. Usually I make it to the end of Genesis. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, then good. I'm just like, I want to do something else. Like I want to be somewhere else. Right. And so the idea of doing it with people, um, not just with y'all, but like with everybody who's listening to the podcast yeah. was really exciting and just feeling that community and knowing that other people were reading it and going to be talking about it too. Yeah. Praise God. All right. Dope. Praise God. Yep. So almost from the jump, yeah. uh, I was like, all right, Jasmine, at some point we got to have you on. So yeah, Jasmine and Philip made the trip to Atlanta for a few days. And so we uh, squeezed this in. And so, yeah, so we'll do Ephesians, Philippians and Colossians together. So it, let's get right into it. Ephesians, okay. all right? Uh, uh, Ephesians 1 through 3. That's what we're going to spend our time on today. Mm. So, all right? Yeah. Talk yeah. to Ephesians 1 through 3. I'm excited that we're doing 1 through 3. Okay. I thought we were going to be doing 1 through 4, and yeah. I was like, but it's so perfect. Right. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, stop at 3. Yeah. Just breaks up in half. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 So, orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Right. Mm. Um, mm. Come, come on. on. Already getting us out. <laughs> I might be taking notes uh, while I'm like, listening. As soon as, as soon as you guys asked which ones, which books I want to do doing in the New Testament, I was like, oh, Ephesians for right. sure, because yeah. it just breaks down so easily. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how it starts with who we are in Christ right. um, and what he's done. Yeah. And then the second half is, all right, now what do you do in light right. of that? Mm-hmm. Ah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the first part, yeah. uh, a couple of things that stuck out to, to me. I, yeah. Uh, the I first go in, one, so I'm like, yeah. I'll get it no, in. No, do it, do it, do it. The unity in the Godhead, right? That's yeah. the first thing that just yeah. stands out. That God, mm-hmm. the Father, the Son, and the Spirit mm-hmm. all do what they do to the praise of the glory of God. And it talks about God. It talks about He. Look, He predestines. Yeah. Uh, right? He chose us yeah. to be holy and blameless. He didn't choose us mm. because we were yep. Ho- yep. holy and blameless. He yep. chose us. To make us those things in college, you almost tell this one story. You good? After my freshman year, I uh, I let go of my Ford Escort hatchback and I went home and I bought a Mazda 626 green Mazda 626 mm. for two thousand five hundred dollars and I drove back to school and and it was great. Winter time, I drove home and it was cold. Yeah, and I was freezing in the car the whole way home. I turned on the heat. And it didn't work. I oh, took yeah. the car to a mechanic. They popped the hood and they said, yo, 
somebody took the heating core out of the car wow. and they knew what they sold you. And all I did, I sat back in it and, and, and I said, yo, if I knew what was under the hood, hmm. I never would have bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The book starts off saying, yo, God, God knew what was under the hood hmm. and he bought you. He yeah. chose you to make you holy and blameless. And when we think of God as a judge, it's not like God's not a judge in a criminal courtroom. Right? Yeah, it's a. That's good. This judge adopted it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So verse much. verse four. Right. Right. For He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love mm. before Him. And that's this that one verse just remind me of, reminds me of this quote by a guy named Gerhardus Voss who says the best proof that He will never cease to love us lies in that He never began. Mm. right like he never started loving you yeah which is mind-boggling like we can't even wrap our minds around that um so he'll never stop and so yeah like again it is for his glory that he does all these things for us it is by his sovereign will but it's also because he just loves us amen yeah amen yep yeah and so yeah oh yeah yeah i just um (laughs) going back to the trinity and the way that it's represented in the first chapter um how it talks about how each member of the Godhead is intimately involved in mm-hmm. our salvation and also in our keeping. Mm, yeah. So in our choosing and our keeping and what mm. we will ultimately become. Yes. Um, I struggle with legalism a mm. lot. Uh, right. It comes from being saved a really long time. <laughs> right. And right. Being a pastor's kid, I'm kind of like, I need to, I should be better right. than I am. Um, but the way that Paul describes believers and describes what we are going to accomplish, there's no room for doubt. Like mm, yeah. it's you you will have this inheritance. Right. You will be made holy. Mm, you will mm. be, you will be, you will persevere until the end. Uh, um mm. and I can't mess that up. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd love just yeah, what you talked about, how he cements what God has done mm-hmm. in eternity past. So we know that we can't mess it up. Right. Yeah. Um and the book starts off with this amazing picture of the unity yeah. in the Godhead. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a book that's all about unity. Mm, so yeah. he's going to show like, no, no, look, look, look. This unity thing is not just something that I'm asking y'all to do, yeah. but it's something that lies at the very core mm-hmm. of the God that we serve. And I think even that, like, yeah, God has this plan in eternity. Right. And then it comes in time right. in the person of Jesus. Mm. right? And so this unity that we're going to talk about comes to fruition right. in the resurrection, mm. right? So he's like, yo, I pray that you may know mm-hmm. this power I have towards you, the, uh, the power, the measurable power towards you who believe, this same power raised up Christ. Right. And then he'll go into two and say, no, 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 like, let me explain what I mean. Like, Christ was raised, but you were also raised too right. when I saved you. And he'll go on and on and on talking about Jew and Gentile. And his whole point is that in Christ, God is raising up a new humanity. That's right. Good. Where we are one together, right? He raises up Jews and Gentiles together as one person that's because of the person of Jesus. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> that transition from one until two. Yeah. What I love is this like, Paul's going to give the most um, concise and detailed and just glorious, like, yep. expositions of the Trinity. Yep. And then before he goes on, Paul's going to drop down into a prayer because mm. Paul knows that prayer does what preaching can't, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So Paul's mm-hmm. saying, no, nah, no, nah, I mean, I'm going to explain this the best way I know how, 
But if y'all are really going to get it, he's like, man, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened and you would see. And that's always just kind of, you know, pressing down on me. And I think for all of us that that have this burden to communicate God's word, to Mm. be reminded that, yeah, Mm. prayer is going to do what preaching can't to drive it down into folks' heart. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's super good. Um, I think too... Uh, it's so much in this. Um, in two, he talks about the way that we're seated with Christ mm-hmm. in the heavens. Yeah, and it's like, no, I live in Atlanta. There's no way. <laughs> right. How am I seated with Christ in the heavens? And I heard an illustration where a guy was like, "You're one with Christ, right? So mm-hmm. you guys, once you place your faith in Jesus, you are united to Him. Right? You are one in the same way. A marriage is a reflection. He'll get into that in the second part yeah. of mm-hmm. the book. Yeah. But if you John are in Atlanta and Chandra is in Texas. That doesn't mean you guys aren't still one, Mm. right? Even though you guys are in two different places. So, um, yeah, I just love that fact um, that he raised Christ up and he's seated at the right hand of the Father above all of the rulers and the powers of authority. And we as well, right, have power over these rulers and authorities of the world Mm. that he'll talk about we need to still wage war against in chapter six. Right. But again, it's just this miraculous picture that salvation is not just, you know, uh, you, your sins are forgiven, but it's about incorporation. Right. right? You're incorporated mm. into the life of Christ. Yeah. But also, you're incorporated into, at the end of three, yeah. the church. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. Um, one of the things he's going to say is, at the end of three, which is dope, he's like, uh, 310, he says, this is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. What does he mean? In other words, Paul is saying God's wisdom is on display and his power is on display through the existence of the church. So Mm. because the church exists proves that Christ won the battle versus the demonic Mm. powers and darkness of the universe. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. 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 Ah. Chapter two, I mean, I know we glossed through it, but yeah. I just that chapter's just at the heart of all of what God's trying to do. And I think like chapter two just starts off and it says, And you were dead. Mm-hmm. And I think it just helps us understand what salvation is. Mm-hmm. And that I the best one I to describe is this. Uh salvation is not God wanting you to turn over a new leaf. It's God giving you a new life, life yeah, right? Yeah, amen. Two four is the the most powerful transition in the Bible, but God, the mm-hmm. best but, but in the Bible, right? yeah, the best but, but God in the Bible, but mm. God, um, yeah. I just love how two continues with the language of who we used to be and who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, I just think it's so interesting how he doesn't say, like, you are, you're becoming, like, you will be. Right. You know, pretty soon. Right, right, right. You'll be part of the family of God. Like, pretty soon you'll be, yeah. you, you won't be a Gentile in the flesh right. anymore. But he's like, no, at one time you were, but now you are. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's just that, that it is finished language yeah. is just mm. throughout the second chapter. Yeah. That mm. the work, the work of rafting us into God's family has already, it's been done. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah. There's an absoluteness and, mm-hmm. yeah. And then in chapter three, he ends with another prayer. Prayer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he ends off with the famous and often misquoted 320. or misused yeah, yeah, yeah. 
God can can do exceedingly and abundantly all that we ask for and think. I think it was Charles Spurgeon that said this. He was like, um, how do we know that God can do much more than we think? And he said, because God already has. Mm. Who would dare Mm -hmm. to, of their own accord, ask God to sacrifice his perfect son for their sinful life? And he's like, that's something not even the most brash and arrogant person would think to ask. Mm -hmm. And yet God has already done it. And if he's already done that Mm. to purchase us, to bring us into his family, right? There's nothing that we shouldn't feel like we can ask him for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Father, we ask that um, you would help us to know your love that surpasses knowledge um, so that we may be filled with the fullness of God. We thank you for what you've done for us. You rooted it in eternity and it came to bear in time. And we are partakers of the beautiful mystery of the gospel. Would you give us the grace today to remember how much you love us and what you've done? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.